Hello. It's been a while. It's been a little bit for me, at least. I, I feel like it's been a while since I've done anything. A couple weeks, at least. Uh, you get rusty. I'm, I'm nervous. But <laughs> it's Ed Gallo. I'm here with Shuram, Raleigh Darn. Hello, Shuram. Hey, I'm as regular. Yeah, <laughs> I like your new profile picture. Oof. Clean shaven. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm not a fan of it. My par- I uh, got home from college a while ago, and my parents have been annoying me about a haircut ever since. So now I'm incredibly clean and i'm seeing way too much of my face in the mirror it's uncomfortable i think you're beautiful either way but i agree i don't like to be clean shaven i look five but it's it's uh it'll grow back (laughs) but yeah today we're going to be doing uh, another fight commentary it's saturday night for us this is when we'd usually be doing our ufc fight commentaries but we haven't done one in a while because last week uh, i wasn't available and sure um went a solo run for a font garbrandt which i'm sure he had a blast for because it was just Cody Garbrandt getting 100%. beat up <laughs> by one of his favorite fighters. And um, this weekend, there's no UFC event. Uh, next week, there is a UFC event, but oh my God. We're not it's so bad. So we're I not going to do a commentary for that. Maybe we'll find something else to do in place just so, you know, when you wake up on Sunday morning, you're like, where's the commentary? There'll be something for you. So that's what kind of what we're doing here. Uh, but yeah, we have, we have inspiration for what to do because one of our patrons, Alex Hawkins, I requested another fight commentary. If you recall, he also had us do uh, Ferguson Pettis and uh, McGregor uh, Habib, which was fun. So thank you, Alex, for requesting these because we have the time to do things like this. It's just like you don't always know what you want to do. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's good to give us directions. Yeah, uh, and you've consistently asked for some fun fights. So thank you for that yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've, I've had people ask for... Uh, some interesting things before and they've never been bad but just like we we should cover like the more popular fights that happened before we started doing these commentaries uh because people are probably interested in what we have to say but speaking of what we have to say so this is tony ferguson versus justin gaethje um this is an interim title fight yep uh khabib was i think he fell out of this event right because he couldn't fly mm-hmm. over from russia because of all right. the covid um, so Gaethje filled in on a couple weeks notice so interesting circumstances a lot of people were sad about this fight I personally was kind of indifferent to Khabib not being mm-hmm. there um, I, I figured Gaethje would be a lot more interesting for Khabib which also turned out to be like it was I think Gaethje did a better job against Khabib than Tony would have but it was still a fight that I thought Gaethje would have a much better shot in at the time so Gaethje being able to steal the title shot from under Ferguson's nose, it felt predatory from the UFC, but also felt kind of right from the meritocratic perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Tony is definitely a fan favorite. I, I always liked him okay. Um, that wasn't as high on him as others. I didn't think he was like this really like pound-for-pound pound elite guy. It is because, you know, his style is flawed, and, you know, he's on his back a lot, and he's been hittable, and, you know, it's a style that, you know, has its limitations and, you know, definitely aided a lot by his attributes, and we were just, like, waiting for the day that they deteriorate and it's not going to work anymore. Um, which we're kind of in that place now, but it's also just running into tougher matchups. Honestly, it's a little bit of both. Uh, but like when he came back after it might've been a layoff or it was like his first fight back after winning the interim title uh, against Cowboy, uh, it, it, he, he looked rough. Um, he won that fight, but it just did not look good. Um, he didn't look as uh, what's the word spry. He didn't have the same amount of energy. I looked a little slower, a little, a little stiffer. And it just uh, sometimes layoffs do that to you. Sometimes it, it spells something else that's coming away. I mean, the Pettis fight was after that, right? 
uh, I think Pettis was right after the interim title. Cowboy was after another mm. couple months off. It was. I don't think he had particularly long layoffs. Because he looked, de- he looked decently he... himself versus Pettis, I'd say. Yeah, I think it was like uh, fall of 2017-ish was Lee. And then fall of 2018, the Connor Khabib okay. card was Pettis. And then in summer of 2019, okay. it was Cowboy. Well, regardless, the, the Cowboy fights really win. I started to notice, like, okay, this guy's maybe not not quite himself anymore. And, uh, yeah, at this point, to us, you know, to the fight site staff, it didn't really matter what version of Tony showed up. Uh, we weren't confident in him at all. In fact, I was looking at the Staff Picks article uh, for this card, and only two people picked Ferguson. And both of them picked Ferguson with the reservation that they thought he was going to get beat up a lot early, but to survive, and Gaethje would gas, and he, and he would, you know, drown him. Uh, I think we all hinted at that possibility, uh, but I was looking at my my entry for that article, and I said, you know, it's possible that that Gaethje, uh, you know, slows down and Ferguson picks up some picks up some momentum, but I didn't think that Ferguson's advantages, like at, at range or, uh, you know, the kicking advantage or things like that, were as pronounced as people thought they were. I thought Gaethje could outkick him. I thought Gaethje could do just fine with him at, at a mid range or, or a long range, and uh, he'd be he'd be okay if he if he slowed down. Or, or if the fight started to shift a little bit towards Ferguson. And uh, Shuram, do you remember some things that you talked about for this fight? I know I know, everyone talked about Gaethje countering him. That was the biggest talking point, I would say. Yeah, this was uh, this is a good pick for that uh, topic we had. Oh, most back, right we've been. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is just an overall staff one, I think, just because, I mean, even the guys who picked Tony, I think part of it was, you know, Gaethje being kind of a cardio thing before, but another part was just wanting to not be the team who all picked Gaethje and all had egg on mm-hmm. their faces. So they played that role well, and we respect them for it anyway. But yeah, I think a lot of us had similar reads. Tony's tendency to walk into the pocket just completely squared up is something that a lot of us noted. Uh, he had been countered by Pettis walking in before. Uh, RDA had some success on the counter. It's just that he couldn't like really make the counters count, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Um, Dos Anjos at 170 was notably out underpowered at 155. He wasn't the biggest puncher out there. He was much more of a volume guy. So Tony pushing him back and forcing him to fight on the counter was something that Tony could really afford. Where against Justin Gaethje, who's just an absolute bomber and just as good on the counter as we'll see in this fight, perhaps even better, uh, is something that we didn't really think could be a sustainable game plan for him. Uh, so I think that was the biggest read is Tony looking kind of declined, starting out really slow, uh, being vulnerable to a lot of the things that Gaethje had done well. Uh, and even so, this fight went really differently than a lot of mm-hmm. us expected. The outcome turned out right, but it was an interesting fight for as long yeah, as Yeah, almost across the board, we said Gaethje first round or second round KO. Because, uh, like, he got dropped by Pettis like, right before this. We're like, okay, like, <laughs> he was getting dropped by Pettis. Uh, how is it possible that Gaethje's not going to, you know, knock him all over the place? But. Uh, his chin held up very well in this fight. That was definitely the biggest surprise. But yeah, when we like posted the staff picks on Reddit, we were getting tons of hate. And everyone's like, oh my God, you guys are so stupid. Like, you don't like these people are jokes. Like, can't believe it. Because we were all picking Gaethje so confidently. And uh, joke's on you, Reddit. <laughs> Actually, the joke kind of was on us because a lot of us picked Rosenstroik over in Ghana. So you know, it's... That's not even an outcome. It's like told you he was going to throw that insane combination that no one's ever done before. Um, <laughs> it's not really a, a good a good brag to have. Yeah, the only people I'd say were really owned were the ones who picked Stevens over Calvin Cater. Everyone else, you're fine. Who did that? I feel like Phil might have, but I'm not uh, sure. That probably has more to do with him 
liking Stevens for being a spicy Latina. <laughs> Shame. Shame. Uh, yeah, that's, I think, just being a Stevens fan, which is something to be ashamed of on its own. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure if that was totally analytically rooted. Anyway, so we're going to watch this fight, Gaethje Ferguson. It's a good fight. Uh, we're going to do commentary on it, do some analysis, talk about stuff that's happening. And uh, yeah, I mean, a fun exercise might be to look for things that were going to be trouble against Khabib later. Um, you know, things that were different, things that went wrong. And uh, yeah, that, that could be a, a nice little thing to do if there's anything that you see. But um, yeah, so you, if you're watching along with us on Patreon, you're set. You're good to go. If you're not watching along with us on Patreon, you're listening to an audio version. Um, you sh- you should feel a little bit ashamed of yourself. You are. Yeah, I'm 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 a little bit embarrassed for you, but that's okay. You can fix it just by spending three dollars uh, to become a Fight Site patron. Then you get access to all of our exclusive content. Like it's a really good deal. There's so much content. Uh, we really work hard to to put a lot on there for you guys. Uh, and there's more coming. Uh, outside of all the regular stuff we've already been doing, you might not have noticed this, but there's more boxing content lately uh, that's going to be coming up. Uh, Tuman and Dan Albert just started doing uh, like boxing classics. It's like they call it somewhere the word pugilism is in there, but <laughs> they're going to be watching classic boxing Publistic. matches um, and doing commentary for those. I think they're just starting out with audio. Eventually, it'll be in a video series uh, once they get their technology sorted, I think. <laughs> but, uh, there's, there's more coming. And you know, once our staff gets more energized and involved we're, we're picking up the pace uh and you know i needed a break and there's gonna be more coming too so after we record this we're gonna be recording something else uh, it's also gonna be on patreon so you just you know buckle up there's lots lots coming it's worth it but if you are just listening for audio for this time i guess that's okay we have made arrangements for that to be possible so if you go on fight pass and you pull up the video of gaethje versus ferguson ufc 249 you can sync up with us we'll do a countdown We'll say three, two, one, go, and then on go, we'll all hit play together, and we can all be synced up, and we won't pause or rewind or anything like that. And if we do, we'll tell you what we're doing. But you can stay stay on the same place with us and, and watch it simultaneously. So the timestamp for the fight pass video is three twenty seven, three minutes and twenty seven seconds. So do that, get yourself there. I'm going to uh, share my screen on my recording, and then uh, yeah, when uh. Whenever we're ready, we're going to do it. So, sure, I'm doing a count us down. Yeah, sure. Uh, three, two, one, go. I got to turn the sound down. Silly me. All right, here we go. My clock is at uh, 4.54. Yep, same cool. place. Mine just kind of, I kept it paused for long enough that it kind of seemed to lag out, but it didn't. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ferguson front kicking. So, you're at 43 now? Cool. Yeah. Yeah, so this is uh, a few fights into the backfoot Gaethje era, which is, at the time, it wasn't like, oh, he's going to back up and give lots of space. Uh, not like we saw against Khabib, but it was definitely like, let people come to him and encounter more so than the uh, super pressure-oriented style that he had before. Yeah, he let Cowboy... Uh, so this was, I think Cowboy was the first time he really committed to backfooting. Mm-hmm. Uh, against Barboza, he pressured a little bit more from long range. There's Ferguson punching off the kick, by the way. That was a cool thing he did a couple mm-hmm. of times. But um, it was more <laughs> uh, pressuring from range, fainting out kicks. <laughs> okay, that was pretty good. Uh, Ferguson doing his janky stuff as ever. I, I respect yeah. it. 
But Cowboy was the first time he really decided to let Cowboy square himself up and punch him in the head for him. Uh, I think a lot of us kind of assumed that he'd be pressuring Ferguson again just because Cowboy was such a layup that you're like, well, why not let him do whatever he wants and then kill him for it? But uh, he took advantage of the, a lot of the same things with Ferguson. As different as they are, there were some of the same yeah. tendencies. So things that are happening so far. Um, Ferguson, you know, having a lot of good ideas on the outside, but Gagey doing well to keep the distance, keep it at the end, you know, parrying the kicks, uh, parrying the punches as well. Um, and then he already hit that uh, combination that's going to become important this fight, the low kick roll off into the left hook. There's yeah, a counter. he's done that twice now, mm -hmm. I think. Yeah. So. so I think just people were surprised automatically by how competent Gaethje was defensively because his defense has always been underrated. Yeah, this is the sort of style that will really cool. let someone fight defensively. Oh, man, that wasn't even a counter. He just yeah. <laughs> there you go. So there's him intercepting <laughs> there Tony's walking into squaring up. And just uh, nailed him. <laughs> yeah, it's not just that Tony squares up on entry, too. It's that his exits are often, like, really, really side-on. Mm -hmm. Where, you know, you can see, like, the sort of breakdancing thing that people really love about him. It's not really great for your no. positioning. Uh, he's not facing Gaethje a lot of the time he exits. And that's something you'll notice is that on the entries, it was the right hand. As Ferguson squared up, there it is again. Mm -hmm. See, he's side-on, and he ducks down like he's about to somersault the wrong yeah. way. When he's throwing, like you might call them throwaway shots, is that look from left hook? Yeah, when, when Ferguson's throwing like his jab or not any sort of committed combination, he just kind of stands there afterward. That's when Gage has been finding a lot of these openings. Yeah. Um, yeah, but the punching off kicks uh, is nice from Ferguson. Punch off kicks. Drawing up the guard first. It's this Go ahead. It's the sort of thing where I kind of I feel like Ferguson might have expected Gage to be a little bit more pressury because. If Gaethje were pressuring, then punching off kicks might be something to catch Gaethje, trying to fill the space after mm -hmm. the kick. But Gaethje is just like kind of sitting at range, defending the kick and not really giving the punch too much. And the straight kick would be more effective too. It would have a bigger impact if someone's walking into you. For sure. See, now he's just serving to maintain the range, and there he just uh, catches him in the pocket. You know, better mechanics on, on the shot. Yeah. And Ferguson throws mostly straight, so Gaethje... You know, Rich's building and slips into most of his uh, his shots has uh, been really effective so far. Yeah, it's the sort of thing where Ferguson's positioning isn't just a problem in terms of... Oh, like, yeah, walked right into that hook. Right a lot of the time. Ow. See, Ferguson did that, like, little run-up leg kick a lot against uh, Pettis, mm -hmm. too. And it worked because Pettis would just back off a lot. But here, Gaethje's just standing his ground and intercepting really mm -hmm. hard. The straight kicking's a good idea, though. At the very least, to, like, get up some empty volume, and... mm -hmm. even if they're being parried. So, differences between how Ferguson's trying to close distance and how Habib's trying to close distance. Uh, Habib, first of all, defensively more responsible. You know, had his hands up, was doing it behind oh, a jab, hard was camera. fainting a bit, was using his feet in, in smaller increments to, to close distance. And I think Gaethje was also just more afraid of being close to him. Uh, whereas here, he, he's pretty comfortable leaving them at, at, at kicking range and uh, just, just firing off simple counters when Ferguson closes in and it's backing him off. So he doesn't have to continue to back up. He can reset and, and start over from, from the center. Yeah, a lot of the thing about Ferguson is that for as much of a pressure fighter as he is, a lot of, like, Khabib is a lot more aware of where he's oh. as he pressures. That exchange. <laughs> as you mentioned, building slips into his game is working really well for him. Because a lot of what Ferguson's doing is just jabbing mm -hmm. straight. <laughs> we tried to play it off the takedown there. Yeah. The name of your article uh, after know. this fight is Closing the Door, which is what you call with ending your combination with your lead hand. 
had to square yourself back up. But, you know, closing the door with the left hook on the end of all of these exchanges has been money. Yeah, it turns out, as I mentioned earlier, Ferguson's exits after eating the right hand are just like doing anything committed. They're, they've always been really, really gross <laughs> uh, in a conventional sense. Like, I'm not trying to be mean to Ferguson necessarily. Gaethje's mean enough for all of us. But it's the sort of thing where he could get away with it against guys who weren't as disciplined in the pocket. But Gaethje seemed to really hone in on a couple tactics in this fight and just beat the shit out of him for it. But yeah, as we were mentioning about Khabib... Gaethje didn't really feel the need to concede as much space to Tony, which is, I think, the biggest issue with um, the Khabib fight for him, is that he could stand his ground and punch really, really hard, where against Khabib, he was lots of squared-up circling anytime Khabib came near him, uh, which, I mean, it makes sense in a conceptual way, just because you don't want Khabib to touch you at yeah. all, but it doesn't work if you're trying to really plant and counter, and he did get off a couple counters against mm-hmm. Khabib, but it wasn't the sort of thing where he had this insane positional advantage and, you know, Khabib was just walking into everything mm-hmm. he did like that. Yeah. <laughs> also, I do take issue with the conceptual idea that you don't want to be touching you because Gaethje is best wrestling in, in open space in the center, um, you know, not near the cage and <laughs> not, not trying to cover from his base. Yeah. And it showed in the fight that when they did actually collide, it went well for for Gaethje. That was beautiful. Oh, that shit. So yeah, I, I definitely took issue with the entire idea of the game plan of that he needed to be that committed to keeping him away. Yeah, it's the sort of thing that could have worked for someone way more composed and willing to like duck into the pocket. Yeah. But, you know, like an Eddie Alvarez might have, instead of when Khabib crowded him, just running away, might have been able to switch directions a bit, duck in and turn him. But Gaethje wasn't really the kind of outfighter to do that in the Khabib fight. But here he has a bunch of good moments. That little shift was brilliant. Mm-hmm where uh, Ferguson swung and tried to... I think he tried to, like, angle away. Gaethje just uh, stepped through the right, Oof. hit him with the left really, really hard. Weaving and oh, closing the door again. Caught him clean that there time. It again. It's the same thing every time. Slip the straight, weave, weave through, and left hook on, on the exit. Yeah, it's not even, it doesn't even have to be on the counter, right? Yeah. Just he throws away the straight, draws out Ferguson. He's going to be there. Cracks yeah. him really hard. And half the time, he's turned toward the hook, you know, facing completely that way, side <laughs> on. So his chin's incredible. Wild, like I, I don't really know what to attribute this to after the Pettis no. fight because I don't know whether he just wasn't expecting Pettis to hit him at all or something. Uh, Pettis has weird power. Yeah, he did knock out Wonder Boy. <laughs> true, but Gaethje definitely hits harder. But it, I don't know. Power, power isn't anything binary, so uh, I'm not gonna try to understand it. <laughs> yeah, it's also a thing where Ferguson was like, I believe on one leg yeah. off that. Where, they like clashed with a kick and then that is punched off it. Oh, so Ferguson pulling back See, a little bit more now in response to that left hook. And that's uh he's got Gaethje whiffing a little bit now. Yeah. This was the point in the fight live where I was like, okay, maybe Ferguson's taken the worst of it. Mm-hmm. Now Gaethje's going to start like, might want to start pressuring yeah. to find his lands a bit more because Ferguson seemed to not necessarily understand the limitations of his mechanics, but account for them a bit mm-hmm. more staying facing Gaethje and pulling out. But there he kind of gets behind a shoulder. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why he's doing the Benson Henderson thing of punching the knee. Setting, setting something up that never happens. <laughs> oh, beautiful. He's stepping through on that right hand. He gets a lot, a lot of distance on that. Also, uh, I, I believe the next big turning point in the fight is when Gaethje figures out to go to the body with his left hook on the exit. Well, he, he had your right hand to the body that yeah, time. but There it is. Yeah, to, to deal with Ferguson pulling back straight. Um, start to hit the body on those uh, on the end of those combinations. 
Oof. Yeah, the attritional work was. Oh man, that's caught him break dancing. <laughs> mm -hmm. A lot of shifting entries from Gaichi. Yeah, he's trying to faint in the with the red again and shift through, or uh, weave through, mm -hmm. but just didn't decide to there. Oof. Oh. Yeah, cross counter is uh, has been huge as well. Oh. Yeah, and that time <laughs> it wasn't just the the weave off the leg kick. He just ducked underneath the mm -hmm. Ferguson's counter for the kick. Maybe that's uh what ends up uh, leading into the uppercut later on. From Ferguson. Yeah, I think it was more maybe. I'm not. He might have accounted for that. I kind of remember it just being both guys throwing uppercuts at the same time and Ferguson not really building anything mm -hmm. into it. But I don't know. Perhaps. So Ferguson trying to lean more Did on his kicking game this. now because he's getting countered so much. Yeah, I mean, it's not a terrible <laughs> Kicking adjustment. simultaneously. Oh, <laughs> kicked really hard there. I'm glad I have the sound on because the impact is ridiculous. Yeah, I don't generally keep the sound on with these, but it might have been a good For idea. For this fight, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, see there he's whiffing with the left hook. He's landing all, all his leads. Yeah, he's landing the right a lot. It's just that Ferguson's kind of accounted for the mm. exits now a little bit. Oh, there it is. Yikes. Yikes. Yeah, it's the kind of thing where if he's pressuring, it's generally not as much of an issue because he's taking his opponent's mm. space away. Get you got lazy there and just stood there and ate that one too. Yeah, I remember why I was worried for this. Mm -hmm. right yeah, because you had to make sure that Gaethje was going to be able to maintain at least this pace. Because uh, Ferguson yeah. builds on people. And Ferguson got bumped exactly as hard as we expected, but survived. If you're judging strikes on impact for efficacy, uh, I think some 10-8s probably were in order at this point already. Yeah. Like... Ferguson's doing a better yeah, job defensively. Yes, there it is. Tried to lever punch off off that cross counter and uh, wound up on the uppercut. <laughs> yeah, he went. That was just such the. Uh, that was a hilarious wind up too. Uh, it's funny that people try to say that um. That like Ferguson would have finished him or something if the round hadn't just ended. He's totally fine. Getchi was totally right fine. <laughs> yeah. Getchi was like pretty much just clowning at the end of that round. He like did the little double loop on the the right hand. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I think. Even in that round, Gaethje's kicks were probably the biggest shots of the round. Uh, Ferguson had a little bit more in terms of managing the distance, but nothing that was... <laughs> that counter was super mm -hmm. nice, actually. Punching him in the mouth. Every time, he's hitting him in the mouth. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, but Trevor Whitman trying to account for the pace a little bit in the corner, saying take 10% off your shots, trying to kill him. Uh, every shot, you don't need to do that. Because um, then when you miss, it's so much worse. You know what I mean? You're throwing yourself out of position. You're getting tired. You're doing stupid stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, that was real dumb. I mean, even optically, it looks bad. Yeah, like, dumb. In terms of judging, I think a lot of judges, they might have given it to Ferguson off the knockdown itself, but even if they didn't, it's just like, okay, Gaethje's kicking him really mm -hmm. hard, but he's also missing very hard. And it's just, it's a dumb way to judge, but I'm sure some judges were thinking that. But we move into round mm -hmm. three, which has just started for me. Yep. Jabbing to the body there. Yeah, I don't even know if Gaethje's necessarily setting anything up by jabbing to the body, but it's good putting himself, you know, at a lower level on his entry just because of what Ferguson likes to do, uh, his his typical weapons. Yeah. yeah. In general, Ferguson's probably going to strike. Oh, that was a mm -hmm. clean one. But as you can see, Ferguson tends to like strike punch in. And lowering your level is the thing that's really gotten Gaethje a lot of his entries yeah. in this fight. 
uh, weaving in. And oh, go up body head, right? Right hook, left hook. And weaving off the leg kick mm -hmm. again, trying to find. Yeah, Ferguson's looking for it, which is a, a, at least one smart adjustment that he had. Do you see Stephen A. Smith's tweet called him Garth? Garth. <laughs> Uh, it's the worst thing the UFC started doing is putting the freaking tweets on the screen. All right, sorry. Back to analysis. Yeah, even after, <laughs> I mean, even after the crowds were back, they have the the tweets. Oh, Ben Askren awful. thinks Tony won the round with the buzzer. Oh, that was so clean. There's yeah, that was a ten eight, not not a uh, not a not a Ferguson steal round. <laughs> yeah. Look like Gaethje kind of caught him with an elbow moving in a couple mm -hmm. seconds after that left hook too. It might have just been like a really short punch. It's hard to tell. Is Ferguson's cheek cut before that left hook, or did he, did he cut him with the left hook? I don't know. For like a lot of the cuts showed up in this yeah. round, which is weird. Like before the third round, he looked not clean, obviously, but not chopped up. Yeah, it's funny how how it's basically the same ideas that are leading Gage to land pretty much everything. <laughs> yeah, I think. With the uppercut in play, the jab to the leg might be something that Ferguson might have been able to make work if he wasn't so beat up at mm -hmm. this point. But you, should, you have to lose confidence in pretty much all of your weapons, and you're getting countered this regularly and that hard. <laughs> yeah, it's the sort of thing where, oh, see, Gaethje's not even getting tricked by anything Ferguson's doing. He just has to counter the feet. That's really all that matters mm -hmm. in this fight. You counter the feet on entry, and then you... Hit him on exit for the feet. Oh, totally he definitely rocked him with that one. Uh, that was yeah. Bad. Tony skips into range a lot, and it's just like wait for his head to get there. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to double off on that left hook and chase him down, but yeah, Ferguson, Ferguson does a good job pulling back because he fights so tall. There's that body hook, so that's when he starts going to the body with it. I think this is a, a big turning hit point. Him right behind the elbow. My screen is flashing. Yeah, Gaethje does a better job cutting Ferguson off later just because Ferguson's so hurt and isn't as mobile. Oh, man. leads with the overhand there. And Ferguson not able to pull back as quickly now. Maybe Ferguson's chin held up so well because he's getting punched in like, the mouth and the cheek <laughs> so much and not actually on the chin <laughs> or the temple. <laughs> it's an interesting hypothesis. Yeah, that one's on, on the side of his head. I'm going to start looking for that now. Yeah, Ferguson's staying on him, which, I mean, it, it speaks to something about Ferguson. Oh, yeah, he's unbreakable. Physically. And mentally, I'd say, to an extent. Yeah, I mean, I'd say, like, losing a lot of the physical integrity that he had is bound to make someone less confident. They probably should be. But in this fight, at least, he knew that his durability was there. That, that was good work by Ferguson. Hard. He was trying to jab, hook, and, you know, build off build off things and, and trying to mix up his combinations. And Gacy's just, you know, been competent. Defensively. Nice little frame there from oh, Ferguson. Big uh, slip counter. That's the thing. It's, it's taking Ferguson so much work to find anything on Gaethje, and it's really fleeting successes mm -hmm. where Gaethje just has a, a couple tactics that are working super well. There's the weave again. That's the other thing is that Gaethje is, is hitting those weaves and those ducks really close range, so it's hard to you know try to uppercut somebody <laughs> when they're right yeah, up on you. Right on your chest, mm -hmm. you're not going to get... yeah. It's like some infighting stuff that some guys might be good at. <laughs> might not necessarily. <laughs> well, I know Cody Garbrandt's taking a liking to that. It's cool. Throw sand. Sand. I don't know. I'm not going to try to explain it. I don't know why he did that. Yeah, Tony is, <laughs> That is the Tony minute. Tony does a lot of level changing stuff, and it doesn't 
off and actually set anything up. Yeah, it's the kind it's of kind thing of weird. Without the real takedown threat. Oh, <laughs> the high man. kick off the oh, parry on the shit. lead side. Yeah, and then he uh, switches into the right hand counter mm -hmm. again. Left hook counter off the body jab. Yeah, this kind of more conservative leading might have done Ferguson a lot more good. It's the kind of thing that Khabib did. Um, but, you know, Gaethje wasn't nearly as flustered. His position mm -hmm. was still there in this fight. Yeah, if I'm looking for Tony to improve in, in like a, a rematch or like if I can turn back time before this one and I want him to win, I'd be like, I would say lean on your kicking more for sure. Um, and maybe faint your jab. <laughs> yeah. Try to use knees. It's a sort of... Knees might be a good mm -hmm. idea. I think it's kind of the thing where Ferguson... Like, Gaethje is responding so keenly to the feet of Ferguson. It might be a good idea to, like, start fainting with your feet in. Because Ferguson does do a lot of, like... Even in that round, right? You saw him, like, flash the rear hand all the way out and then try to jab in. And Gaethje just didn't bite whatsoever. Low kick in the left hook. But... So nice. So nice. Counter low kick into the left. Like, Gaethje's been doing both of those things independently, but... Putting them together like that was clean as shit. But, yeah, if Ferguson had been able to, like, faint the entry a little bit more, draw out even the right hand a little bit, might have done him some good in terms of getting Gaethje to not bite on those entries as much. But, realistically, it was such an insurmountable matchup for Tony, in my opinion. Like, there are things he could have done to annoy Gaethje more. I don't think there's really much he could have done to win this fight. I, uh, my thumbnail on the Zoom call, like, of me is has been blinking for, like, two rounds. It's so annoying, but I can't get it to stop. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're at, okay, inside leg kick from Gaethje. He hasn't really done much of that. Like, I, I guess the attrition didn't really yeah. pan out too much in this fight, but, you know, it probably did in some way that we can't mm -hmm. really see. They're hard shots. Yeah, I think people envisioned Gaethje, you know, getting more tired and, like, relying more on his high guard and backing up a lot to get... Ferguson to go away, but like the whole the whole point was that he was going to counter punch him. So I don't know why <laughs> why they thought that it would be like that. Why he would just be backing up and covering up? Because that's usually when Tony does his best work on people is when they you know don't try to hit him. <laughs> yeah, when they're except stacked. for like Pettis who like put literally put his back in the cage and tried to swing from that position, just used it as a as a base, which was not smart. Yeah, it's the sort of thing where I think Gaethje, uh he was able to limit the pace with his power so well that even his exhaustion couldn't really account for the fact that uh, Ferguson was dying yeah. on every single entry. There's a check hook there, yeah. That was nice. He, he steps through on everything to try to cover the distance. It's just uh, it's irresponsible defensively. Yeah, it's not a good way to deal mm -hmm. with a counterpuncher. Like, you can see when he jabs from oh. his stance, he's able to at least take a little bit of sting off. Nice little jab hook there from Gaethje. And again, his lead hand work has been really brilliant. Jab, but... oh, that would have been huge. Yeah, in some ways, Ferguson's like wacky movement has saved him because he's not exactly where he should be. Um, oh, he caught him on the exit that time, though. There's the Gaethje's exit. getting more comfortable chasing him down because he knows he's going to really run out of there on the end of the combinations. Yeah, he's going to be completely out of position to really do anything mm -hmm. if Gaethje just follows him out. That drew a big reaction from Ferg. And so he keeps shifting behind everything mm -hmm. he does. That's what's so terrible for him yeah it'd be fu it was funny that if ferguson actually started fighting exactly like gaethje was you'd be having so much more success than he is <laughs> now he could just copy him and, and do so much better not you know taking the back I mean, foot but just the, the way that he's doing his entries and his strike selection yeah the way he's leading mm -hmm. it would be a lot more successful because i mean you could see ferguson's not really trying to counter much but 
if he were. It would be a lot tougher with the way Gaethje's staying in his stance. Oh, look like he went to the bottom. Or, you know, like, you know what the counters are going to be at this point. So, faint it out, draw the counter, you know, counter the counter. That's usually how that goes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. Is Ferguson's... Oh, no. That was... That might have been the nastiest one. That Got the stanky leg now. Fight, yeah. Just punched right through him with that. And there's the cut Yeah, off. cut him off the exit there. Yeah, it's been the same counters for four rounds, pretty much. Not many new yeah. developments besides Gaethje going in the body a little bit more on that left hook. Yeah, but even that hasn't been no. significant, just because Ferguson is like... Gaethje still whiffed on at least one big left yeah. hook in this round. He's just calmed down in general a little mm -hmm. bit more. And, you know, he had the read to cover a bit more distance on his left hook, start stepping in after Ferguson as he exited. And all this is just Ferguson not really wanting to yeah, enter. Yeah, posturing, trying solid. to throw him off. I respect it. I mean, I wouldn't want to enter at this point. And he's looking for new ideas, but he doesn't really have any. Yeah, it's the, it's the thing where his fainting is really, really disconnected from everything else mm -hmm. he does. So Gaethje doesn't really have to worry about the jab, because like, if he jabs, it's not going to lead to anything. So it, he should start fainting entries. If, that's, like, if I were in Ferguson's corner, that's what I'd say. Mm -hmm. But even then, like his entries are so committed and look so weird that... Gaethje might just punch him while he's fainting. Because, like, you know, there are guys who can pull off, like, subtle step-in, and guys have to bite on that. Um, Rob Font did that a lot against Cody Garbrandt, because everything he does is just, like, straight down the middle, mm -hmm. and he does a lot of, like, oh, body shopping. Yeah, Ferguson that's good. Nice one. In the fourth round. <laughs> At the end of the fourth round. <laughs> when your entire advantage is supposed to be cardio. Good stuff, mm -hmm. man. Yeah, I think he figured he'd be kicking the body more, but uh, I mean, th there hasn't really been too much that stopped him besides when he has to like step into his kicks. That's when he's been getting countered really hard. Um, but yeah, he could definitely could have been pushing that a little bit more. Yeah, Gaethje's dealt with the leg kicks a lot better than Ferguson has. Mm -hmm. He's oh. chucked them pretty consistently. Yeah, I think that's another thing is that Ferguson's base is like ruined. Yeah, there's another punch off kick. Those shins cut and bleeding. See, and even the land that Ferguson had when we said Gaethje got lazy, it was right out of his yeah. hands. He was straight punching, and he was just being weirdly long and having weak mm -hmm. hands. But <laughs> here, it's just uh, the counter head kick is slick Gaethje's enough. very committed to doing something stupid at the end of every round. <laughs> I respect it. Yeah, that, that, that uh, was clean. That, like, the follow-through on that is the worst part, too. Ferguson trying to force his like body to be have... normal at when he's super rocked is uh, really jarring. It reminds me of the, kind of the Burgos Barboza situation where he did not have his legs under him at all, but was trying, just <laughs> trying his best to just yeah, be it's... normal. Yeah, it's sad. I mean, I with Burgos, I think what he said after the fight was that like he didn't actually feel it being that bad until he died. With this, you can tell Ferguson's just, he's done at some point in that round. And he's just willing himself to keep on going. And I'm not really, like, a huge Ferguson guy, as you could tell from, like, everything I've said during this. But it's still really sad to see. I mean, the guy deserved a lot better than what he got with this mm -hmm. fight. Gaethje was having fun, and Trevor Whitman was like, no. <laughs> no fun. Shut up. Stop having Stop. fun. <laughs> just be anyone but yourself. Mm. I, I like you for that, Trevor Whitman, but I'm also mad at you about it. 
because it, it didn't it doesn't <laughs> have to really mean exactly what, what you have it mean see that time he turned the body jab into an ankle pick attempt which um it's not exactly how ankle picks work like that you don't you don't just pick it up <laughs> like it's a shot it's like a, it's a full takedown you don't just grab the ankle <laughs> Yeah, I think he thought he was Yo Romero there, where he could just like yank the dude's ankle. Sony talks about ankle body. picks a lot. Has he ankle picked anyone? I don't believe so. <laughs> he tried a couple in this fight, but like even with that, right? He could have picked up the ankle and turned it into a shot of some kind. He just grabbed yeah. the ankle and let Ferguson punch yeah. him, or let Gaethje punch him. Leads me to believe he might not be that good at ankle picks. I don't know. <laughs> Shocking. Oh. Who could have thought? Oh. The jab leads right yeah. into it. That was that might be the the worst combination. Yeah, less jabbing than you'd, you'd expect from Gaethje in this fight. But I mean, it's all been such so much counter work that you know he can just kind of wait for Ferguson to do things. But now now he's jabbing him a lot more than he was the rest of the fight, really. Yeah, the fifth round is where his lead hand really picks up a lot because mm-hmm. uh, Ferguson, understandably, he's a little bit more want to enter, and Gaethje is uh, he doesn't really need to do anything super sophisticated at this point in the fight. Just needs to keep hitting him until he's done. Maybe we can attribute that to Whitman telling him to like be normal and sharp. He's like, oh, sharp? I'll jab. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, fair enough. Gaethje has always had a pretty yeah, good jab for sure. uh, on the front foot. He's uh, pressured behind it super well. But this ooh, is ooh. one of the first times. Jesus, it's a real power yeah, jab, oh, too. Oh, buddy. Ugh. Yikes. Yikes. Like, it's not super... Oh, man, there it is again. It's not super granular, but it doesn't need to be, right? Cause why, why are we spinning out against foot. the... How, what does that accomplish? It's like an Eddie Alvarez direction change, but <laughs> in, way slower in place. <laughs> <laughs> You're fainting a direction change. Just kidding. I'm still here. <laughs> uh, that kind of took Ferguson's legs mm-hmm. out from under him there. I think his legs have been out from yeah, under him just... for a while, and he's just been trying to find ways uh... to still do things without much of a base. Yeah. This is the point in the fight. Well, not here. Around here, before this, but where it gets... It looks like a snuff, mm-hmm. though, and I don't like it. But It's rough. There's a check hook. Oh, counter left hook there. And, again, the exit's just still <laughs> really bad. Push him out of the pocket. Yeah. And at this point, even Ferguson's normal leads, he's just... He doesn't have the distance. Gaethje's just committed to lead hand mm-hmm. countering him. A uh, nice one there from Gaethje to catch him with the left hook across the path yeah. with the reset, and he counter jabs him as he steps forward. Ferguson basically had <laughs> one defensive adjustment, which was to try to get out of the way when he saw Gaethje come coming after him to end the combination after he counter right handed him. Uh, but at this point, Gaethje knows exactly where he's going to be, can find him with the left hook, no problem. And oh god, that's the right hand counter. But yeah, Ferguson really backing away after he gets hit with those right hands. So that's really been the the cage craft, the the ring generalship for Gaethje. It's just that Ferguson doesn't want to be anywhere near him after he gets countered. <laughs> yeah, Ferguson with another right hand of the body underneath there, but, you know, uh, last two minutes of the fight. Mm-hmm. Big check hook again. So, so I feel like it'd be very accurate to just make this part various disgusting oh, noises. Oh, ah, there's the ending uh, shot. I think that had more with his like, face being broken than him being more rocked than he had been at any point. It's just yeah, I think irresponsible to let him keep hitting him. Yeah, it should have been stopped by the corner after like the third mm-hmm. round, honestly. But as Tony let us I, know, you know, in between, I think the Oliveira fight and the more and the Darius fight is like he didn't really have a team. Oh, that's true. That that makes this way worse. Yeah, honestly. it's 
Uh, I think you uh, you called it predatory matchmaking, and then, then the staff picks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it sure looks like I mean, it. It was predatory from the UFC. Mm-hmm. In order, like in a sense, it was even if Ferguson had a team, right? Ferguson was supposed to fight Khabib, and as uninteresting as that fight would have been in retrospect, Ferguson deserved it a hundred percent. And he beat a bunch of the short notice guys who he fought afterwards. Uh, and then there's this last guy who's just a destroyer, and he doesn't have a team behind him, and it ended up pretty much ending his career. Just, it's a sad ending. It's nice to see Gaethje happy, though. Yeah, that's true. So it was it was a pretty easy fight for him, honestly. Like he had to, he it was like physically difficult. You know, it, it was definitely a task uh, for his for his fitness, but he didn't have to yeah. do too much. Like he he just basically had to stick to the same couple ideas. The whole time made like one or two adjustments um but even if he didn't make those i think he would have been fine yeah he just had to he pretty much just had to stay in his stance and punch ferguson every time he moved which is like it's not easy necessarily like someone with gaethje's attributes could maybe make it look easy but it's the sort of thing well and his you know timing on the counter and his counter selection that was super specific for what ferguson was trying to do but it wasn't the sort of thing where gaethje had to like consistently adjust through the fight it was just something where after the third round uh, it was over it wasn't competitive ferguson found some success yeah i guess his camp is, is eddie bravo i guess that's his team so eddie bravo not somebody i expect to uh to stop a fight and you know you have to know your fighter and i think tony ferguson's not somebody that would be okay with that um but that's also a problem yeah <laughs> that's the entire point if tony ferguson were okay with it he would have tapped out right but nobody does that almost never happens like i remember um yeah who was it max roskopf right he did it and his corner just turned it down so that's one of the examples where the fighter himself wasn't too proud to say it and it made sense in the in the situation mm-hmm. but here it's just tony wouldn't ever say it but his max got bullied so hard for it he deleted social media it awful. was because just people awful. roasted him so bad and like dana white i think now dana white might have uh actually said it was okay and he understands it uh he might have been like the only person that actually yeah, it said it was, was okay. It was something where, like, I think they sent him back to the regionals after that, which, like, given the yeah. details of how the fight actually went, it makes some sense. But if it was not because the he quit thing, on the stool, yeah. you know what I mean? But there's Gaethje getting the belt on him. Uh, great performance, performance of his career, I'd say. Uh, not the toughest fight out there. I mean, I, I almost want to say MJ was probably a more impressive win than this. But I think he had to, you know fight against something you know what i mean this time it was basically yeah. like he had his ideas coming in and they were correct and he just had to stick to it <laughs> yeah um but yeah uh ferguson would go on to lose to charles Oliveira and then benil daryush uh, gaethje would go on to lose to khabib and then do nothing else for about what a couple months yeah. now so not as bad as it sounds but well that fight was uh good but also it, it always ends on a sad note because you're like okay like we get it like, <laughs> like after like three yeah. rounds you're like all right i've had enough of this um but it's a good one from gaichi ferguson definitely um looked like for other people that aren't good counter punchers he would have been tough to beat but the top of that division is good counter punchers and that would have happened against dustin poirier dustin poirier probably would have finished him soon sooner yeah yeah i mean attribute wise i think you look tough for someone like daryush over five rounds definitely mm-hmm. where you know you'd be able to like just survive a lot of the things that he did and not gas out and be durable 
But against someone like Poirier, especially the covering space things that Dustin Poirier does, it would have been murder yeah. for Ferguson here, I think. Uh, every time Gaethje stepped forward, Ferguson was like stepping to the side, uh, turning his back. Poirier would have destroyed him mm-hmm. for that. Yeah, it's like every every fighter is matchup dependent. So when you say somebody's success was you know because of the matchups, that is true for everybody. But yeah, you have to recognize, you have to know, like, are there matchups in this division that would be tough for them that they they haven't fought? And the fight site guys were saying it the whole time for Tony Ferguson is like he's had a forgivable run of opponents, and even someone who's like. It should have been pretty good for him, like Kevin Lee. Um, it was really bad for him until until Kevin Lee gasped. Um, it was going poorly, and and that I think that's when people started to get to the the other idea that the guy goes to his back a lot, and he isn't as good off his back as people thought he was. Um, it's not that like we there was not enough information, and that's why people were wrong about it. It's that people just I don't know bought into the brand kind of something it. like that it, yeah. it wasn't based on evidence because uh like the danny castillo fight he pretty much lost that by being on his back the entire time now with the way fights are supposed to be scored you can win off your back and especially with someone that's like a very active striker off bottom and like tries a lot of submission attempts like that's you could definitely win off your back but like in his recent performances, he wasn't even doing that. You know, he wasn't even yeah. really trying to do that. He was trying to outposition people and like play jujitsu a little bit more. Uh, I think he might not totally understand. It, it, it's weird because conceptually, to be someone that is okay with being on their back in an MMA fight, it should come with the awareness that that is a way that you can win if if you don't finish them. But then based on his actions, it's like you don't seem to understand what what would score for you in this situation which makes me think that he does it because he thinks he can finish them and not because he is actually thinking about the scoring criteria i mean i wouldn't i would forget fighters for not knowing the scoring judges don't know it (laughs) exactly uh ferguson does even against Darius, he was trying a lot of like elbowing from his back and stuff like that it's just the sort of thing where he needs such a defined positional advantage from the bottom, like, you know, rubber guard that he tried against Darius a lot, having a locked-in triangle or something, that a lot of the better top players that you're going to face, they just don't fuck with the guard yeah. all that much. Uh, Khabib is the best example, where if Ferguson just tried to do that, he'd just stand up and mm-hmm. pass, uh, or stand up and not deal with elbows from yeah. the back. It's not necessarily super hard if you're an elite top player. Uh, and, like, after you get past the guard... There's just no reason to even consider yeah. them. So it's it's a weird game. I'd, I'd consider, like, Ferguson did try some weird submissions on, like, Charles Oliveira and Benil Dariush, but his game off the bottom is something that should have been a concern for people way, way earlier than yeah. it was. And those, that's two of the best grapplers in the division. If the Casillo fight never happened and then those two guys top gained him, I'd be like, yeah, makes sense. Like, maybe it would be viable against other people. But we've seen it not work against worse grapplers. So it's like, it was never going to work. And the embarrassing thing for a lot of people is they talked about that as like a reason why he would beat Khabib, and that's like so silly. Um, that didn't work against freaking Castillo. It's like, why is he going to be able to play off his back versus Khabib? Like, I, I think it was a lot of a lot of branding. Um, yeah, more, more of a public figure type of thing, more of like a meme uh, than people yeah. actually 
knowing stuff about him, like not watching all of his fights, you'd be shocked. You'd be shocked. You know, people that are listening to this, you probably watch a lot of fights. Um, people speak confidently about MMA, you know, forget about understanding things. People just straight up don't watch enough to come up with the takes that they're giving. Um, it's like you would very easily not think that anymore if you just watch some of the, the, those other fights. Like, relax, dude. Um, so, like, that's step one to <laughs> yeah. being a good analyst, I think, is get all of the information first and then see if you can analyze it. But if you don't have the information, you're not even to have a prayer. And then there's, like, very, very rarely, like, a 1.01% chance they have someone like Tuman who can somehow come up with most of the correct takes with having watched very few of the fights. I don't understand how that's possible, but he's very good at that. Yeah, I think he watches more fights than he lets on, just not on like really specific yeah. people, which I respect, honestly, unless it's like RDA, which is not. He stays current. So people that are like competing now actively, he knows a lot about them. But if you go back, it's like, yeah. He'll be like, no, I've never watched RDA. <laughs> How? Uh, but yeah, that's a good uh, thing. We're going to go watch RDA now uh, for another video. Yes. Uh, but this was this was good. So thanks, Alex. Um, but if you listen to this whole thing and you're not a patron for the fight site, just come on. What, what are you doing? Clearly, you like us. Cringe. So three bucks, you know, that's nothing. And there are tiers above three bucks. So I'd love for you to give us more than three bucks. But three bucks is the minimum to get all the exclusive content. There's nothing that you can't get that's on patreon in terms of content uh for three bucks so you can request more stuff for other tiers but just to see it you're good uh short small plug is that uh the, the most recent thing posted on there was our 50th uh mma podcast oh. which was it was about mma i think but it was mostly just a party with uh, a lot of our staff and friends just kind of hanging out uh it's called hanging with the boys and that's that's what it was and it was after Foncar brand, but yeah, check that out if you haven't. So if you're wondering, like, where's the 50th episode of the MMA podcast? It's on Patreon. It's a secret. Yeah. We'll mention that again for the 51st episode. That that's where it is. Um, the 51st episode will probably also be something ridiculous. So enjoy, enjoy that. <laughs> cool. Uh, Do you want to count us down? Yeah, I think that's a yeah. A three, two, one.